This episode of CougarCast is brought to you by Waveform Sleep. Go check them out at waveformsleep.com. As you know, if you've been listening to the show, they are having a warehouse sale. They're trying to get all that stuff, the adjustable power bases, out of their warehouse. And uh, honestly, right now, best price you're ever going to get on it. In addition to a Cyber Monday celebration that ends on Friday, the... uh, the 4th of December at midnight, you get 40% off any adjustable power base with free shipping. And you can even throw in a discount code on top of that. Throw in discount code CougarCast and get an additional 20% off. Honestly, seriously, as good as it's ever going to get uh, on an adjustable power base. It's a wonderful upgrade to your bedroom. Anti-snore mode has been a game changer uh you have a tv and reading mode and of course zero g get those get that pressure off those limbs baby you'll be feeling real nice it is nice i like it when i have the adjustable base up and then i lay it back and i can feel it like slowly stretching out my spine it's pretty great actually it's pretty great your grandma your grandpa they've been holding out on you all these years with their adjustable power bases. Now you can get one. Again, CougarCast at uh, checkout for a discount code for an additional 20% off your order. And if you want, you can jump in with a 40% off. 40% off for Cyber Monday. But again, that expires at midnight. Cinderella, Cinderella deal on Friday, December the 4th. This episode of CougarCast is also brought to you by... Your true voice. Deborah Bonner's Superior Vocal Training Program can teach you how to find your voice. If, if you can speak, you can sing. And that's Deborah Bonner's motto. She can help you find the perfect pitch. <laughs> okay. Her approach to this is a little different than other vocal coaches. What she likes to do is think as singing as an athletic event, she trains your vocal cords. Literally whips those vocal cords in the shape with several different exercises to improve the flexibility, the strength, and coordination of your larynx. Pretty cool. That's what singing is. She has all the tips and tricks on how to give those muscles a workout. And when you can have that strength, that coordination, and uh, the flexibility in your vocal cords, you can unlock so much in your in your ability to sing. So go to yourtruevoice.com, check out their free gift. It is the same lesson that she gives everybody the first time she worked with them. It's just a 10-minute lesson, and I promise you, you'll be a better singer in just 10 minutes. It's going to change the way you think about singing. So check out Deborah Bonner's Superior Vocal Training Program, Your True Voice, at yourtruevoice.com. And now... Hey, if you got the cojones, why don't we make this match Loser Leaves Town? Well, what? Oh, what? Wait. What do you say, boys? No! I'll take that as a yes. Oh, we're in for a hell of a good time in our Wait. main event. The stakes couldn't be any... Higher loser leaves town. Greetings, my name is Keith Shirts, and this is Cougar Cast. The Cougars have a game. They're playing Saturday, December 5th. They will be taking on the Chancellors of Coastal Carolina. Who would have thought that we'd be playing Coastal Carolina? But there it is. The loyal, strong, and true who wear the white and blue are on their way to South Carolina, you're going to go check out the Crystal Coast and enjoy uh, enjoy a little ocean air, maybe. Beautiful part of the country out there. And uh, go enjoy a trip against 
the Chancellors of Coastal Carolina. Now, difficult game. Kind of interesting. Pretty interesting. I think uh, this is the latest ever. I think that uh, there's been an undefeated matchup for a BYU football game. A couple teams that are trying to prove that they belong. Obviously, there has been problems for the college football playoff committee <laughs> as it relates to BYU and to Coastal Carolina. But I have to say, there's something to line it up, getting between the lines and figuring out a way to win all nine times. Both the Cougars and the Chancellors have done this. And uh, it's pretty darn impressive. So let's get right to it. Let's meet <clears throat> the Coastal Carolina Chancellors. Head coach Jamie Chadwell has gotten this team, as I said before, 9-0. and They are playing great football. Um, they are, uh, <laughs> you know, extremely talented team. I've actually watched, I've been able to watch one Coastal Carolina game randomly. Just a couple weeks ago, I decided to watch their game against Appalachian State and uh, had a chance to see them on the on the kind of the gray. They have kind of a gray turf that is also sort of te- a tealish gray. T- it's ugly. It's not fun to watch a football game on. And, and yet it, it anyway, the, the old branding thing, it, they got me to watch them. I knew that they were pretty good. I knew App State's pretty good. So I decided to watch Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina. Got a chance to watch that game. It was a very uh, good game. Coastal Carolina was being beat and controlled in that game. And then down the stretch of the fourth quarter, the uh, the Mountaineers, uh, I think that's what Appalachian State is, they uh, had a meltdown. They ended up throwing three interceptions and uh, kind of gave the game away uh, to the Chancellors. The Chancellors have a mascot in the middle of their field. It's You're going to see it on their helmets and stuff. It's, it's not real clear what it is. It's a rooster. And that part's not that hard to figure out, but it took me a while to figure out that just under its beak, just in front of it, its left wing is coming across its body in like a like a hook motion, like it's throwing a punch, but it's punching the words Coastal Carolina. So I don't know. The rooster doesn't like that it's the mascot for, for the school. Um, so anyway, keep an eye out for their weird logo. I think it's a weird logo. It's not totally easy to figure out what it is. But, uh, okay, ugly field, uh, gray field, teal field, uh, a weird, uh, not, not the best logo in the world, good football team. Okay, this is a good football team. Uh, I don't think anybody should take for granted what it means um, to, to go out and win every single game on your schedule. The Cougars have done that, and we're upset that they're not getting enough respect. Coastal Carolina, similarly, they've gone out. They've won every single game on their schedule. Quick recap. September 12th, they start their season. They win by 15 against the Kansas Jayhawks, who are in the Big 12, uh, who would probably lose to everybody in the Sun Belt. And yet, I guess, <laughs> quality win. Uh, they then played Campbell next week, uh, FCS team, 43-21. They play Arkansas State. The following week, 52-23. And then they had a real tight one against uh, Louisiana Lafayette. A 30-27, they were able to win in a squeaker. They found their way through that one. Uh, played the uh, Eagles of Georgia Southern the following uh, game, 28-14. They absolutely smoked the Georgia State Panthers, 51-0. to the uh, Jaguars of South Alabama were next, 23-6, to Coastal. Coastal Carolina, like I said, against Appalachian State. They were actually behind for the large part of that game. And then, yes, three interceptions late in the game doomed, doomed Appalachian State. Coastal Carolina ended up winning by 11, but that was a lot tighter game, 34-23. to That was sort of, you know what that game kind of reminded me of is it reminded of a me of BYU's game against Houston this year, where the Cougars struggled through three quarters. It was looking real bad with about two minutes left in the in the third quarter. Cougars were down, uh, down at two scores, and then they played perfect football the rest of the way and, and found a way to score, I think, 29 unanswered points. 
so it doesn't look that close. But Cougars had kind of a, a tight one against Houston. Um, same goes for Coastal as they played Appalachian State. Uh, Coastal Carolina, the chance leaders go in. It's the only common opponent between BYU and Coastal Carolina. They play Texas State last week. Uh, the Bobcats, Texas State, 14 points. Coastal Carolina, 49. Uh, if you remember, BYU won 52-14 over Texas State. So Cougars, three points better in the common opponent uh, challenge. Coastal was on the road. BYU is at home. Now they had a game that was scheduled to be played against Liberty. Liberty uh, falls out because of COVID. <laughs> I just it's been such a this monster. I, I figured to say it more whimsically would be it felt weird. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, matchup now. 13th team in America, according to the College Football Playoff Committee. Uh, and they are playing the 18th team, uh, according to College Football Playoff committee it's the only one that really matters so um of course both these teams are higher in the ap poll but we're gonna ignore that big game big big game exciting opportunity for the cougars to get out and play because i think it was it was it's been bad for byu to play nobody as bad as they've been dinged for the strength of schedule i'm real grateful they're playing i, I think the the process of playing nobody has been worse for byu than than uh, than even playing anybody, okay. And the fact that they can pull in another undefeated team for a loser leaves town game. I mean, literally, both both these teams are putting the whole thing on the line. BYU loses to Coastal Carolina, but probably not ranked. <laughs> they might fall, you know, to maybe maybe they'll fall all the way to like 22, 23. Coastal Carolina loses, they might fall out and not be ranked anymore. It, it's Razor's edge stuff um, for for these teams, and and yet the reward for winning is probably not even going to be useful either, because <laughs> the college football playoff committee is uh, funny. We'll talk about more. Uh, we'll talk about that whole thing uh, later in the podcast. For now, we we got to talk about the stuff that matters the most, it, uh, the stuff that's going to happen on the on the field. I went through, just wanted to have a good statistical understanding of BYU and Coastal Carolina and begin sort of looking at both teams. Let me just tell you, uh, they both are checking all the right boxes. There's a lot of winning football going on in these numbers. And so it's it's just the point is, is it's it's unsurprising that they're playing winning football. Their yards, passing yards per attempt, fantastic. Red zone efficiency, really good. Uh, third down efficiency, really good. Okay. <laughs> they both know how to score lots of points. And the other one is, is they're both very explosive uh, offensively. They have the ability to gain a lot. And then the, and then the last big factor is turnover margin. Uh, they're both tremendously good in turnover margin. Let's talk about our friends at Football Outsiders. If you've been listening to us for the uh, 13 seasons we've been doing this, <clears throat> you know that my favorite my favorite analytic place, uh, the place that I think gives you the most interesting numbers and tends to be the most correct all the time, seems to, I mean, not that they, they you know, nobody's Nostradamus. But they're good. They're really good at trying to rank out and show you who's who's what. They uh, make adjustments for strength of schedule, for pace of play, and uh, they throw in the stats in there, and they throw out you know things that, that don't matter. Um, if a team kneels out to end the half or if they throw a bomb at the end of the half and it's intercepted, you know those things aren't counted against. They, they do all of these things to try to course correct any kind of the – the weird things that can kind of cloudy up some of the statistical story. Anyway, adjusted for strength of schedule, adjusted for pace of play, uh, and, and, and all things considered, Football Outsiders has BYU as the number four team in all of college football. They're fourth. Uh, it's Bill Connolly. This is the in F+. Bill Connolly and Brian Fromau's combination 
of uh, the uh, Formal Efficiency Index and uh, Bill Connolly's S&P Plus. Uh, combine them into F Plus. Together, they're rating BYU fourth in America. Fourth best team in America. So according to their uh, logistics, Cougars should be in the college football playoff. Kind of an interesting <laughs> interesting little note there. Um, so I, I just wanted to kind of cover that. Let's give you some of the other. Just looking at Brian. So Coastal Carolina is 20th in that. In terms of S&P Plus, Bill Connolly's rankings, uh, BYU is 7th. Coastal Carolina is 25th. Brian Frimau is a lot nicer to both BYU and Coastal Carolina. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Frimau has BYU as 4th overall. Coastal Carolina 16th overall. Brian Frimau's uh, Offensive Efficiency Index shows BYU is the 4th best offense in America. Coastal Carolina has the 11th best offense. Terms of defense, BYU 13th best defense, Coastal Carolina 30th. Again, pace of play, uh, garbage time, things like that, and then uh, also strength of schedule and, and ranking all of those things out. The one advanced stat, I hope you can follow me on this. I hope I do a good enough job of explaining this. Brian Fromau has a cool advanced stat called net yards per play. Basically, the idea is, is it's the difference between the average yards per play on offense and the average yards per play that you give up on defense. The Cougars right now are number one in America in average yards per play, in this, in this net yards per play. Sorry, the difference between offensive yards per play and how much the defense gives up on, on a given play. Cougars... That difference between those two numbers is 4.33 yards. means the Cougars' average play on offense is gaining 4.33 yards more than their opponent. Alabama is number two, but they're nearly a full yard behind the BYU Cougars. They're at 3.44. It's impressive. Cougars are 0.89 yards better per play uh, on their net yards per play. It's an interesting metric. Coastal Carolina is 12th nationally. They're up 1.69 yards. But again, compare that to what you see with the Cougars. 4.33. It's amazing. It's a big, big, big number in net yards per play. Interesting thing to take a look at. Let's just go over... The nuts and bolts. Uh, Cougars scoring offense this year is fourth nationally, 47.6 points per game. Coastal Carolina is 16th. They're scoring 38.7 points per game. Cougars just over 200 yards rushing. Coastal Carolina, 222 yards. They've got the edge there. Passing offense. Cougars eighth nationally, 333 yards per game. Coastal Carolina, 73 yards excuse me, 73rd nationally, 226 yards per game. That's not a fair representation of what we're looking at. So let's look at the quarterbacks more specifically. We've got junior Zach Wilson. He's in the Heisman hunt. I've said that uh, of all the stats that you can look at, of every factor that goes into deciding who's going to win and who's going to lose, average yards per Passing yards per attempt has been the highest indicator of winning and losing than anything else. I said earlier in the season when the Cougars had it, Zach Wilson was over 13 yards per attempt. I said if the if he ends the season at a place where they're higher than, than uh, 11 or 12 yards per attempt, that the Cougars would have an undefeated football season. Zach Wilson currently at 11.5 yards per pass attempt. That's third nationally. 11.5 yards per attempt is astronomical. It's enormous. Okay. Let's put it this way. Uh, It is a good, (laughs) a good five yards more than the best passing season by a BYU quarterback since 2009, since Max Hall. 
Okay. Pretty impressive. Grayson McCall, though. So we just covered there. Okay, well, the pass offense for Coastal Carolina isn't much. 73rd nationally, right? 226 yards a game. Nah, nah, nah. Grayson McCall's ninth in the country. He has an even 10 yards per attempt. Every single time they drop back to throw the football, it's a first down on both sides of the ball for both BYU and Coastal Carolina. That is something, isn't it? Wow. Quarterback rating, Zach Wilson, third nationally, 205.3. Grayson McCall, seventh nationally, 188.4. How about touchdown to interception ratio? Zach Wilson has 26 touchdowns with two interceptions. That's a 13 to 1 ratio. Grayson McCall on the season, 20 touchdown passes, one interception. His his touchdown to INT ratio actually better than Zach Wilson's. So, does that sound like the stats when you look at 10 yards per attempt, a 188.4 quarterback rating and uh, 20 touchdowns with one INT? Uh, that's a crummy passer, huh? 73rd in the country. All right. So, just putting that aside for a second, respect respect the Chancellors. Okay? Really really good football team who are playing winning football. They are doing everything the right way. They they are impressive, an impressive group. I I appreciated watching them against Appalachian State. I thought the way that they handled adversity in that game and stuff was it was Interesting. There's a couple times where I actually was bearing. I was like, oh, they're going to they're gonna lose this game. They didn't. Found a way to get it done. It's impressive. Let's talk defenses. Just quickly, scoring defense. BYU is fourth nationally, 13.9 points per game. Coastal Carolina, they're only giving up 16.8 points per game. You score a lot of points. You don't let the other team score too many. You're going to win football games. (laughs) When the difference is huge, like it is for BYU and Coastal Carolina, you're going to be undefeated. Uh, BYU's rush defense, six nationally. They're giving up just under 90 yards a game. Coastal Carolina giving up 140 yards a game. Okay. Hmm. Pass defense. BYU gives up 204 pass yards per game. Coastal Carolina better. They're 12th nationally. 180 Two yards per game, pass defense-wise. And let me tell you, they have one player in particular on their defense that uh, they need to be real careful <laughs> about throwing to. I, if I was, I, I mean, in some ways, you need to take him off the field in some ways. Like, you just need to throw the other way. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't tempt fate on this, okay? Uh, you can play a good, clean game, and and you can blow it by throwing interceptions. Ask Appalachian State. DeJordan Strong, you'll see him. He's wearing number seven. He is a very good cornerback. He jumped off the screen. You'll notice him. He's good. <laughs> He's really, there's not much space when DeJordan Strong is defending you. It'll be really interesting to see DeJordan Strong against Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney. That is going to be an enormous, an enormous matchup. If if Romney and Milne can get the best of DeJordan Strong, Cougars are going to win. Um, DeJordan Strong does not have any many, does not have very many pass breakups. That's because he just picks it off. Okay, he leads the country in interceptions. He has five picks this year. He uh, has run one back for a touchdown, and uh, the, the the kid knows how to ball hawk. Okay, if you, he'll make you pay. If if the ball isn't on point, he'll make you pay. It just might not be <clears throat> very smart <laughs> to even go his way. It's amazing. It's amazing. He takes away he takes away his quadrant of the field. He really does. Cougars will challenge him a couple times, I think. But why wouldn't you just look for Rex and whoever isn't near to Jordan Strong? 
Why, why would you mess with it? Nobody else on Coastal Carolina's secondary scares me like that, okay? They they have, you know, look, they're not bums. They're, they're all right. But you combine that, and then their safety isn't bad either. Spill them. Spill them. I remember watching Spill them as well in the Appalachian State game. You combine them, they're on the same side. Strong safety, they t- tend to be on the same side. Spill them and strong. It's like half the field is kind of eaten up with those two. Um, and that's important because one of the one of the hallmarks of BYU's offense has been the ability to be explosive offensively. Look, the reason Zach Wilson has 11.5 yards per attempt on the season, which is an outrageous number, just outrageous. Uh, part of why that's happening is because uh, Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney are both in the top 15 nationally for explosive explosive plays, long plays from scrimmage. 20-plus yards, they're both. Uh, Romney has 14 plays where he's gained over 20 yards. Milne has 15. That puts them both in the top 15. Uh, over 30 yards, Romney is number one in America. He's had 11 plays for over 30 yards. Dax Milne has nine. That puts him in eighth. Milne has three plays of over 50 yards. You understand. Cougars know how to stretch the field. And so that combination of Alex Spillum to Jordan Strong, going to be very critical to see what they do in handling Milne and Romney and Rex. And the good news is, I think the Cougars can find little windows, but it is interesting that it may cut off the field and some of the some of the decision-making that uh, that Zach Wilson's going to make. I am not a believer in the defensive line for the Chancellors. Uh, they're fine. They're fine. They've had several sacks this year. They, they you know, uh, they have a guy who has nine on the season, averaging a sack a game, Taron Jackson. Okay. I, I, I think that the Cougar offensive line is going to be just fine and will do enough to provide the time necessary for Zach Wilson. I am just curious to see what happens in terms of finding other people as they go along. Cougars may need, it's, it's, it kind of feels like it's adding up to be a big Isaac Rex game. Just as, I, as I've thought about it a little bit and as I've looked at it throughout the day, kind of feels like an Isaac Rex game. All right? Uh, maybe you're going to need a little more from Neil Pau during this one. But it's interesting. It's an interesting, interesting matchup. Interesting matchup. Um, and then, and then, uh, let's see. Third down efficiency. Coastal Carolina does not mess around on first down. They do the job. They don't throw a lot. They run, and, and they do a pretty darn good job of it. Okay, uh, we're gonna see a whole lot of uh, C.J. Maribel. He runs the football a ton. He's a workhorse. Okay, he's got a lot of carries this year, and he's averaging five yards a carry. And the other thing with Marable that stinks if you're a defense and you're trying to handle him, C.J. Marable is a very good, um, very good in the screen game, a little circle route screen game. Uh, he is effective out of the backfield. He's got 24 receptions, the second on Coastal Carolina this year. And uh, he has scored six touchdowns out of the backfield, catching the football, in addition to his eight carrying the football. It's a well-rounded player. He's a threat. And and the Cougars are going to have to account for C.J. Maribel. Okay? Strong player. He, he's, he's a strong player. Where's number one? Where's number one? Um... Okay, so that, that's kind of the, the, the nuts and bolts of, well, oh, okay, and then red zone. Sorry, last thing I wanted to get to. So defensive third, so, okay, first down is going to be huge. Cougars are 20th nationally in, in, in uh, third down efficiency, which is good. But if you want to beat Coastal Carolina, if the Cougars want to give them a lot of problems, something that Appalachian State did well until they started throwing interceptions. <laughs> is 
they really controlled first down. Coastal Carolina, BYU and Coastal Carolina, they're they're very good, but just like every team, right? The odds of getting third and long are are low, and Coastal Carolina doesn't put themselves in that bad spot very often. Uh, I, I feel like their coach uh, Chadwell, I, th- I feel like he does a great job of managing down a distance and making sure that they're in a position to be to be effective. All the time. I mean, he's got this freshman quarterback in there. It's talented kid, McCall. He's he's in there, but they don't they don't put it on his shoulders so much because what they do is is they just any quarterback feels like they can get three or four yards here or there, right? And and so they never put a huge amount of pressure on him to have to make big chunk gains and then what happens is because the down and distance is a certain way and and you're always cheating up on third down you're always cheating up on th- let's get off the field let's cheat up come on here we go right we're gonna jump routes we're gonna do what we can to try to get this thing uh done and dusted you then get beat downfield after that happens it'll be interesting to see what the cougar defense does uh, I, I, obviously it, it, it won't be in some ways because we know what they're going to do. Rush three, drop eight. You, you know that's exactly what's going to happen. It's can they continue to just be relentless in the pursuit of of forcing Coastal Carolina to slowly work their way up the field? But the problem is this team can do it. And they're going to. They're going to have really good drives that are long drives. So... The question is, is, you know, can they avoid penalties? Can they be relentless? And will they just go to Maribel and let him run and get him in short third down distances and then just rely on, on little plays here or there to keep the chains moving? Work it up the field. I, I don't know. Be an interesting see, be interesting to see how that works out. Um, but the one thing that you can't let Coastal Carolina get away with, you much would rather, I'd rather see them do that than have uh, what happens when people go over the top. And they have a couple guys that can do it. Okay. Isaiah Likely has been hot the last few weeks. He's come alive. Isaiah Likely has three plays this season, three plays this season that have gained 70 yards. He's quick. Goes over the top, and he'll kill you. <laughs> okay? They got to watch for him. He wears number four, and uh, he has a way uh, of getting that done. And, and the weird part with him is is he has these ways of, of going up the seam. He's a tight end. He goes up the seam, and he attacks there and he finds a way to find open space they find a way to unlock that and uh, recently they've been able to get him on some huge huge plays down the field at wide out their best receiver is uh Javon Hile and and he he again has been a really consistent performer he's ca- catching uh <clears throat> 75 yards a game uh, it makes him one of the top 50 receivers in all college football. Uh, so, look, they have weapons. They have weapons. Those are their two weapons in the past game that that can really hurt BYU. And in particular, it's that the seam routes that are run by Isaiah Likely from the tight end spot. That's going to be real critical. <laughs> real critical to handle him. Um, it would be interesting to see what the Cougars do about that matchup. Okay. So that's some of the, the statistical kind of overview. Okay. And then the last part, I don't think I talked about this yet. Turnover margin, uh, turnover margin. The Cougars are 28th in America. Uh, they are up 0.67, uh, turnovers a game, 0.67 positive turnover margin. That's what they're averaging per game. Coastal Carolina's 20th. Okay. Plus 0.89 in their turnover margin per game. Okay? So, both teams take care of the football. They don't make mistakes. Uh, I think if both teams play a nice, clean game, I could see a lot of points. 
And I can see it being a close game. I can also see this being about mistakes, penalties, turnovers. This is the big factor as we take a look at this particular matchup. It's unlike anything any of these players or coaches have probably ever faced. They are, they found out about the game <laughs> on uh, maybe late Wednesday night. It was official Thursday morning. Uh, the Cougars have to travel one of those days. They got to fly all the way out to South Carolina. They, uh, the, so the Cougars got to find a way to, to get out there and, and figure out what they're going to do there. They'll do some film session on the fly. Uh, in the plane, they'll be sharing out stuff. Uh, they've been able to have a, a practice today, have a little walkthrough for the game. T- tomorrow, they'll travel and spend most of the day doing that. Saturday, have a, a, a final game plan, walkthrough, breakfast type thing, get together. But I, I don't know how much game planning you can really install and get in reliably in such a short time frame. And Coastal Carolina has the same problem. With one small advantage, they're at home. They don't have the travel day. At the same time, I just feel like both these teams have to just rely on like the things that they've learned over the nine games they've played this year. <laughs> and and just lean into that. And it's just whoever can get into their identity and kind of have the game roll out in a way that's that's more beneficial to them is going to be the one that that wins. And again, as a road team, that can be, that can be a little difficult. So we'll see, we'll see, but it, it is kind of this bizarre scenario where I think both teams aren't going to be operating in a way that they normally would because they're not, they're not game planning for each other and installing certain things for one another the way they normally would. They haven't had somebody in the film room, you know, reviewing the last four weeks and getting literally all the snaps together and, <laughs> and, and, and doing all the research. That's kind of all out the window. You kind of have to, they're just going to have to figure it out and, and see what happens. That'll be a, an interesting and fascinating challenge uh, for both, uh, for both the Chancellors and the Cougars. <clears throat> But I want to just finish on this one thing. I respect Coastal Carolina. I think that they have a, a pretty good athletics program. Their baseball team won the whole darn national championship just a couple years back. Uh, like They're serious about what they're doing there. They have a good program there. And the fact that they've risen this quickly, despite being a pretty new team, to FBS level football, it's all credit to them. But I do want to say this. After the Boise State game, I have come to the conclusion, or at least I just would rather just say this and feel this way about it because I think if you can't say it in this scenario, then you can't. I just can't expect in a game like this against a coastal Carolina when we've got an undefeated BYU team on our side who have killed everybody they've played just about except for maybe Houston right I am not going to underestimate these guys I'm not going to say this is going to be some massive blowout and a huge embarrassment to Coastal Carolina. None of that. Okay. And if they lose, I would be surprised, but not shocked. If that makes sense. I respect, I respect them. But this group against all odds in a year that is weird and could provide every reason for complacency they have been able to put together and and perform week after week after week and i'm no longer going to carry any reservations or worries about how they're going to perform so i expect BYU to win this game 
I think it'll be a good game. It'll be a good challenge for them. Uh, but I do, I do see the Cougars coming away here because they've earned from me <laughs> that level of trust, that level of trust. So it's a, it's, it's a great, it's a great contest. I'm excited about it. I'm happy that they're getting the chance to play it. And, and like I said, on the overall scale of things, um, this is exactly the sort of thing that you would hope would transpire in the, in this scenario that you could get, you know, an undefeated team and, and, and that both, both people be willing to put it on the line. I think that's awesome. I really do. I think it's really, really cool that both of these schools are are willing to, you know, put put their reputations, their record on the line. I think that's rare. And uh, despite all these people being competitive and loving it and all that other stuff, I think there's a lot of people who who maybe wouldn't take it. But I think I think it's pretty cool, pretty cool to see that and. Uh, Let's go. I'm excited for this one. This will be this will be a lot of fun. This is the sort of thing I've been hoping for. Who knew? Who knew that the big game of 2020 was going to be Coastal Carolina? But hey, here we go. Bring on the Chancellors. All right. Now, moving off the game that will happen on that ugly gray teal turf. I don't that's the one part of the game I don't look forward to looking. <laughs> I just want to talk a little bit about something that became pretty clear to me over the last 10-day period as it relates to the BYU football program and places where BYU needs to grow as a program. So we're on week two of uh, being outside of the top 10 of the college football playoff. Look, BYU strength of schedule, I don't think any BYU fans would make some grand argument, okay? I'm under no false pretense of what it means. I, I do think it means something to win every single time you step on the field. You don't have a funky week or you had you don't have I, I do think that means something. But we're on week two of fans feeling uh scorned by the college football playoff committee. College football, unlike any other sport is in many ways uh, a beauty contest. And essentially, you know, the way that a beauty contest is won (laughs) is by narrative and beauty, okay? And I think the, the beauty part of college football is what you do on the field. And then there's a whole other game that you gotta play that is a game of of communications and narratives and and controlling the message and getting things out there doing this is essential in order to <clears throat> in order to grow and get the ultimate opportunities within the the sport that if if you can't get people to make the argument for you or you're not able to go out there and make the argument for yourself, then you're going to get stepped on. And the thing is, is um, we all know that this is how this goes. Okay. If you want to, by the way, and and so college football has this, and then the other sport that kind of has this is like fighting, right? Boxing or, or MMA has this element of you, you need to promote yourself and, and promote that you're worth seeing. So the Cougars go out, they win, they win, they win. Zach Wilson wears a headband, says anytime, any team, anywhere. And then they got outclassed by the Washington Husky PR department because Washington comes out and says, well, I know he wore this headband, but <laughs> we're tried to, we tried to schedule a game with them and they turned it down. And if you paid attention, the Cougars got crushed. They got crushed. The message everywhere was is that we were full of it. It wasn't any time, any team, anywhere. 
Not really. Now, totally reasonable for Tom Holmo to say, uh, yeah, we'd like you to promise to play us. I, I understand that. Um, but I, I just want to say that BYU did a bad, bad job of handling kind of the PR part and selling themselves. Uh, the headband thing was a good idea, and then they got it undercut. They got out. They got worked by Washington. They got worked by a Pac-12 school, and the Pac-12 sucks at the PR game. They're always left out of the college football playoff, okay? Pac-12 are bad at this. The SEC, they're really good at it. Big Ten, some of them, some of the schools in the Big Ten, really good at it. Clemson, great. If you remember, Clemson had their their role in the beauty contest was to be overrated all the time and then lose to teams. There was, a you know, the whole Clemsoning phenomenon. Dabo Swinney said, we're not going to talk about it. I don't want to hear that word anymore. I want that word to be buried. We do not lose games like that. We that I So let's get rid of Clemson. I don't, that is not a word that, you know, to de- stop using Clemson to describe a team that underachieves. Stop it. We're not that. He changed the dialogue. Then they backed it up. They went out and won games. But the, the bottom line is, is, is he changed the perception of Clemson football because he challenged the overall national perspective of that university. The Pac-12 is bad at this, okay? They're bad at playing that game. Bad. And the Cougars got outclassed. Got killed. They got killed by Washington. The Cougars could have done themselves a favor by really following through on the anytime. Sure, we'll sign up. (laughs) Right? And then when Washington leaves them at the altar because they got to play an in-conference game against Utah, what... What's the national narrative there? And I'll tell you one thing that doesn't help, being combative. I don't know why BYU fans are being so combative. I get it. We wish we were ranked higher. Right? Oh, we're being disrespected. I mean, this whole thing, you know the best example that that shows that we're bad at the we're bad at the as a fan base we're bad at it we're bad at it from a university's perspective as well. What proves this is these articles like people are just up in arms because it's two weeks of us being you know 14th and 13th in college football playoff. Oh my gosh! If it was still the BCS computers, BYU would be ranked higher. We hated those BCS computers, and even they are smarter than these guys in the college football playoff. Right. You're bringing in more of a human element into the proceedings. And then, (laughs) you understand? Like, you're right. If the computers like us better than the people do, then guess what? We suck at communicating. We're terrible at making the argument for ourselves. Awful. The reputation of BYU, okay, is that they had they had a re- real good teams in the 80s. That Lavelle Edwards sure was a great guy, and he's an icon of the sport of college football. Changed the sport, revolutionized the pass game, all of that stuff. But they won a national championship, okay, in a year that maybe they shouldn't have won it. But why did they win the national championship that year? Why? Narratives! Lavelle was well-liked amongst all the coaching circles. So every coach in America was like, "Ah, you know, Lavelle, oh boy, what a guy. He was available for interviews. And he was tremendous in his interviews and the way that he handled those things. And they were able to say, right, all we do is win our games. We play exciting football. We throw the football. We win, we win, we win, we win. Okay? And one year they had an undefeated season, and other teams lost, and people were like, you know what? BYU plays really terrific football. They could be the best team in America. Well, part of this is that BYU hasn't played very good football 
since 2009. Okay? We haven't had a good team. <laughs> it's, it's come out of nowhere this year. Okay? Uh, it's, it's been a surprise. So we don't have... BYU tries to function like a team that is not an underdog. They try to present themselves as some bigger institution on the same level from as the P5s. They can't do it. They shouldn't do it. They should have called Washington's bluff. And I get it. It was Thanksgiving week and you had kids who went home and all that other stuff. I get it. You're trying to get into a New Year's Six game and the system overall does not want you in it. Your reputation is that you are difficult to work with. You're difficult to work with and that you're not actually that committed to excellence in, in the college football realm because if you were, you would f- do whatever it took to get invited into the Big 12. That includes playing on Sunday, right? But BYU, oh man, they're difficult. They have their own TV station. They're difficult to work with, right? Washington knew that about us. They saw that headband. They needed a spot to play. They feel like they're in the Pac-12. They're throwing us a lifeline, okay? And the Cougars, you know, reasonably said, promise us that you'll play. But even if they would, they should have taken the risk of agreeing to the game, practicing for the game, and then when Washington has to leave and go play Utah, it serves as an avatar of the overall problem. You're blasting us for our strength of schedule, and the problem is our strength of schedule is the way it is because we had good teams on our schedule, but the big conferences wouldn't agree to hang on to the games that we had scheduled. And now, here's another example. We tried to schedule a game with the P5, and they blew us off. And and now, you're the bride at the altar, okay? You're the sympathetic figure. And everyone in America is talking about that. Utah, oh, well... You know, the Pac-12, they really, Washington really screwed over BYU. And it becomes this like microcosm of like the entire problem of college football at large. And brings into view the fact that we are worse, you know, that yes, there's a college football playoff and that's good with four spots. But we're still in a spot where if you're not one of the big teams, you have no chance to be included in the proceedings. You're a participant in it, and it doesn't matter how good you are. It does not matter how good you are because we made our decisions when the recruiting rankings were put out. We made our decisions based on the most charismatic coaches or whoever had the best history or whatever uniforms we like the most. Okay? Stupid stuff. And so here we are arguing that, yes, the, oh, the BCS computers have BYU ranked higher. BYU ranked higher. Well, then, you know what? That shows me a huge, huge problem. In a sport that is 50% beauty contest and 50% results on the field, on the beauty contest side, we're terrible. <laughs> And the thing is, is there's really no need for it. Kalani's likable. Get him out there. Play the game. Throw some stunts. Show how show how important it is. Try to win the Davy O'Brien every freaking year. Keep your quarterback in even when you're way up. Make sure that you're in the Heisman hunt. Be in the conversation. You're an underdog. Take all chances that you have. Take on all the risk. All the risk. In every sense. Boise State has always done this. They're always the team. They have always said anytime, anywhere, any place sort of thing. 
and they have the perception of being the team that follows that up. And big teams know when you play Boise, you better be ready. Why the college football playoff committee isn't valuing BYU's Boise State win, I will not really understand. That doesn't make very much sense. But the fact that you're put behind further because of the human element tells me that you're doing it. So don't attack. Hey, BYU fans, don't be combative. Don't attack these people. Right? Vilify. Like It's not going to get better that way. Shame. Yes, shame them into it. We all know... (laughs) We all know that uh, of the great care and moral center that uh, all these athletic directors that are making these choices have. Come on. Come on. And I know I just did the thing that I'm I'm telling you. And and here's the other part. Here's the other part. Because fans crapping on them, that's the other thing. But the other side is you got to get the media on your side, too. Like, the reason they were in the national championship in 1984 was because of the media. I don't know why it has turned into a thing where we attack media members because they don't think that BYU is the greatest thing ever or whatever, right? But we're in the game. Look, BYU is playing the game for exposure for the... It's like we are trying to win hearts and minds here. Hearts and minds. Not only for the, the, the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, that whole thing, okay? Throw that to one side. But you got to win hearts and minds that you can go and compete. Okay, fine. Don't put us in the college football playoff. There are 12 spots in the New Year's Six games. We should be in one of those 12 spots, Right? We're currently set up to not be in one of those 12 spots. That's wrong. That's wrong. I get it. I get it. We played, you know, North Alabama. We didn't have strong. I get it. Okay, fine. Leave us out of the college football playoff. We're not in one of the big conferences. Okay, fine, fine. But we do have a tremendous quarterback who has a lot to say. Watch our receivers. They're dynamic. Watch Kyrus Tonga. He's a monster in the middle. See Peyton Wilgar and the good things that he can do on the edge as an outside linebacker. Come enjoy this. Watch how how much fun we are to see play football. <laughs> That's it. So stick it to him. If you can beat Coastal Carolina by 100, you should do it. When you play San Diego State, I know. It's about relation. I get all that. Kalani's tried to be class. Nope. No. No. You have to be outrageous. You need to pull stunts. You have to get noticed. That is the sport of college football. And the Cougars, in their ability to sell and market themselves, they're coming up tremendously, tremendously short. Okay, rant over. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cougar Cast. What a tremendously exciting time. Short week, finding out about a game, and bang. Not two teams that are undefeated. Here we are, first week of December. Woo! It's awesome. It's awesome. Isn't it more fun to have a team that actually gives you reasons to get worked up and excited? (laughs) Oh, man. I have really appreciated the 2020 BYU Cougar football team. If you've appreciated this podcast or you've been a longtime listener, just, just tell a friend about us. Let them know. Let them know about the show. Or go give us a rating on your podcast provider uh itunes or uh, or any of the other ones uh want to take one more second to thank our sponsors waveform sleep 
Dot-com. Go check out that Powerbase sale right now. 40% off and then an additional 20% if you use promo code CougarCast. Literally, uh, they've got Twin XL, Queen, King. Upgrade your master ba- bedroom right now. Uh, you're going to love it. And also, your true voice. Deborah Bonner's superior vocal training program. Go take a free lesson at yourtruevoice.com. Cougars are going to have a great game against a really good opponent. And I just trust these guys to get it done. Go Cougars. We'll catch you next time. Stay safe out there.